0: Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for ambitious students looking to get ahead, but a terrible resource for learning all the secret hacks and tricks to win Wario Land 3 for the Game Boy Color. Ooh, I
1: didn't play that game. That
0: was a good game. Very good game. Also,
1: happy belated Halloween, Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, happy belated Halloween, indeed. It's not Halloween yet for us, but we're bad at timing, so it's already over for you. We are bad at timing. Whoops. But... Halloween never ends in my heart. Yeah.
0: Ever. Until Christmas. But the moment Christmas ends, I do want to keep the tree up for an extra two months until it burns my house down because it gets too dry. Well, that's at what which you're supposed point, to do,
1: especially in Colorado.
0: Yes. At which point Halloween is back to being front and center in my mind. Yeah. Because it's my favorite.
1: It's the best. It is pretty good.
0: We went to the zoo last night. They had a bunch of spooky stuff. It was cool. Though everyone was in onesies and I regretted not owning a John Cena printed onesie. Ah. So. Yes. Now you know what to get me for Christmas. Yep. Something like that. <laughs> Anywho, my name is Thomas Frank. I'm here as always with my good friend, Martin Bamey. Or are you Martin Bamey? Oh, not I today.
1: Know. I don't know. Not today.
0: Yeah. For anybody watching the YouTube version of this, I think it's pretty obvious who I am, but uh, we will let the audience guess who you are. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah i to see if they can guess it. That's true, you gotta guess it. Did you also recently watch the movie that you are from?
1: I did not recently watch it. I watched a few clips before this, but oh, okay. I, do, I do love it. I'm not gonna give yeah. any more hints though. You gotta guess this. I also
0: love it. We watched it pretty recently, or at least had it on while <clears throat> Anna was doing crafts and I was doing something. So on the last episode we published, somebody requested that we do an episode on video games. And I was like, say no more fam. i I like video games it turns out um they are one of my favorite things in the world and they have played a pretty big role in many of the videos that i've made so today we are going to talk about video games about whether they're worth your time about how you can get over an addiction if you have one uh and i think one question they had there was how do i reconcile the fact that i'm playing these 30 to 60 hour campaigns with the fact that i have goals yeah um but I also just want to casually discuss them, talk about some of our favorites. So consider this a bit more of a fun episode.
1: We are in costumes. It is Halloween, it makes after sense. All.
0: Yeah, we did dress up last year too. So now we have a, tra- a tradition going on. Yeah, yeah. And I think the year before that we weren't on video. Yeah. I don't so think we nobody were. can conclusively prove whether or not we were dressed up. Even I can't that prove year because I have no idea. I have no memory of this place or moment. So I could have been dressed up. It could have been very extravagant. It could have been like a full, authentic samurai armor set. Yeah. Which I now kind of want. Anyway, what all do you got written down for this episode?
1: Oh, well, I got some stuff about time management. Okay. You know, about how to make sure I'm not playing too many games. Yeah. But how to still get to play them. Um, Let's uh, start
0: off with this question. Are video games even worth your time? If you like them. And uh, yeah, so this question's always weird to me because nobody ever asks like, is Netflix worth my time? But they still watch Netflix. Yeah, I would argue that Netflix is worth less
1: than a video game because at least games are interactive. Yeah. And oftentimes video games actually have really good stories. And that's just that a game was the way that the author chose to make it. That's true. It's like, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. If you have fun, it's worth your time. If you don't like them, no, don't do them. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna like make you a better anything else. Do you remember the three hobbies- thing that we once talked about on the show. Yeah. You're supposed to have like a creative one. I think it was like a healthy one and a money one.
0: Yeah. So a hobby that makes you more creative, or at least gives you some sort of creative output that you can show Uh, a hobby that makes you money. And then a hobby that increases your fitness or makes you healthier. Yeah. I don't remember where that came from, but it's pretty good. I just, I, I honestly think it was some random person on Reddit who typed it in. So it wasn't some famous person saying, this well, is how I became successful. I liked it. Video games don't really fit into any of those categories unless you're in a very select group of people. Maybe you are a developer or a level designer or a writer and you're making games. So you're playing games because it's like a taste builder. But for the most part, I would say video games don't really fit into any of those categories. They don't make you fit unless you're playing rhythm games or possibly VR games, they don't really make you more money and they don't result in a creative output.
1: Yeah. Because you're and kind of you're playing like Mario through. Maker. But Mario that, that's Makers. like absurdly
0: yeah. not that many of them. True. For most games, you're just kind of you're going through a pre-built campaign that somebody else imagined. Yeah. You know, you're not really imagining something yourself. Minecraft may be an exception to that. Uh but I would say that if your life is together and you have things that are improving your fitness, um, the money one I'll come back to, and, and something that is improving your creative output, and you've got time left over and video games are something you like to do, then there should be no guilt whatsoever.
1: Yeah, if you've got your yeah. stuff together, then like do whatever you want with the free time. Yeah. If In fact, it kind of residually improves all three of the other ones if that's what you need to relax or enjoy life and make the other things worth it to you. Mm-hmm. So do you think that your life fits that model at the moment? Um, Having the three hobbies? Yeah. Um, I can see one of your hobbies meeting two of the criteria already. um, Wait, what's the third one? I got a creative one. Clearly I have a money one because I like a lot of what I'm doing on this job. Um, Well, I was thinking that your creative one
0: actually could be a money one as well. It could be. Because you're doing photography and you could sell that photography. It could. It could be. If you wanted to.
1: Um... Or you could even be a photographer for events
0: at some point in the oh, future. Oh, wait,
1: the other one's exercise. I don't have that right now because the fun things that I would want to do are involving. I want to well, like, I can't rock climb right now. Yeah, my you grip, broke your finger. My grip strength is once again down to half of what it should be because I just keep hurting myself.
0: You are in healing mode right
1: now. Yeah, so, so, you so, get so a pass. I'll work on that later.
0: <laughs> you get a pass. Um, I don't really have a money one. But then again... My creative one is playing guitar and taking vocal lessons and I could technically make money as a musician in the future if I wanted to. Yeah. So and I think like the fact that you and I are kind of running a business is a little bit different than somebody who's in a job where yeah, their salary is kind of like at the whim of a boss.
1: Oh yeah. Well, like we certainly did we don't have
0: fixed hours, we put a lot of time into the job. So I don't feel super compelled to have a money hobby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I haven't really bothered to do anything with the photos yet. I'm like, I might sell them, but it's not, it's not like I need to, you know, anytime soon. Yeah. If you want to make money, there's like a
0: clearly better way to make it. And that's just find a way to, you know, build the business. Um, Creatively. So I've got the music and then fitness wise, I have the Ninja Warrior training and rock climbing. So I'm good there. I'm reading and doing my habits and I'm getting my work done. And I still play video
1: games. Yeah, there's still time left over. You don't need to optimize every single second of your day to be productive. Because like, uh, at the the end of the day, I don't think that I will see those measurements on my deathbed. And I don't, I I just want to have enjoyed myself in some regard and done good stuff. If I can do both, that's great. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, what about people who maybe aren't doing those things? and They're spending too
1: much time playing video games. Who don't have like the other three things going on. Well, um, earlier earlier this year, actually, uh, pretty early this year, I was playing way too many games, and I didn't like it. And it occurred to me that video games do not have any effect whatsoever on my self-esteem. So at mm. the time, I was I wasn't feeling too good about myself. I wasn't getting as much accomplished as I wanted, and you know, and I just kind of like I would want to play games when I was done working. I just play games, but that hobby, while fun. Does not actually improve anything else. So I would have the fun, and then as soon as I'm done playing, well, now I feel bad again because yeah. I'm not distracted by games. So I changed it up because basically everything it was replacing—reading books, cooking, going outside, social—every one of the other things that I would do instead does improve my self-esteem and mm-hmm. accomplishment feeling. Even reading fiction. Yeah, I feel I feel good reading books. It's, it feels like a strong part, a stronger part of my identity than than games. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I was going to play video games on Fridays and Saturdays, and I was not going to use them as my hobby the other days, because then I actually have room to do other things. Because otherwise, you start playing a game, you're like, I'm going to play a little bit. And then you played like three or four hours on accident, (laughs) or at least I do. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, now I don't have time for the other things. Mm -hmm. So I just Friday and Saturday, play all the games I want, the rest of the week, do other hobbies and projects. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why do you think reading fiction makes you feel better about yourself, but playing a video game doesn't?
1: Well, reading has some pretty concrete benefits, but I, I've read like hundreds and hundreds of books mm-hmm. since I was a kid. And uh, reading improves my ability to communicate, improves my vocabulary. That's true. It improves my ability to uh, read and understand other things better. Yeah. But, and sometimes I'm reading in another language, which obviously would I would feel accomplished for. And oftentimes my worldview or sense of uh, ethics or ideas can be changed, or new ideas can come to me from reading fiction. Mm -hmm. Like the way I um, interpret the world around me can be changed. And with video games, rarely there is a game with a story that's good enough for me to get into it like a book. But that's not the primary motive of most games. And you aren't spending most of the time experiencing the story. You're spending most of the time doing the interactive part. Mm -hmm. But with the book, like, and I mean, think about if you compare it to a movie, at the speed of which people speak, how long would it take to actually make a movie that covered as many words and stuff as a book? It would take like absurdly long for you to get that much uh, linguistic interaction. Yeah, it'd be a long movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I think there's one game that has a story where I genuinely feel like it changed me as a person for the better, and that's Celeste. And maybe you would agree. I'm not sure. I love Celeste. Celeste changed my perspective on anxiety. Like, and it's actually, you know, it's funny. Like I had my first real experience with it this week. Yeah. And we can talk about that later at some point. But uh, before that, I'd never really experienced any kind of like intense anxiety. So I never really understood it from an empathetic standpoint until I played that game. And I've heard a lot of people who have experienced anxiety say like, this game helped me a lot. But even with a game like that, 99% 99% of the time of your time with that game is just hammering away at platforming challenges.
1: Yeah. Not actually experiencing the story. So it's very different than reading a book. Yeah, whereas if when I read like a Kurt Vonnegut book, I almost always come away with like a, whoa, that's a really interesting viewpoint. Yeah. Is there a way or is there a way I should try to apply this to what I'm doing or mm-hmm. to the way I see things? It's And you can see through other people's, if I read a book Um, through the eyes of anybody that's not like me in any in any potential way other countries other skin color other job other mental situations and you know not OCD whatever I get to see more empathetically through their eyes and if everybody read books that had main characters that weren't like them I think that we would all be more open-minded so yeah I think you're right like it's it's a it's harder to see through somebody's eyes but through a book that's like kind of how you default do it because you imagine it all yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I guess one more thing I want to mention about video games is they are like, I think they're pure escapism for the most part. And if anyone listening to this is the kind of person who's investing too much time, one thing I want to emphasize is that I don't think video games can really build your internal self-confidence very well. And the reason I bring this up is because we had a friend who outside of school and later when he got a job work, would basically play video games like for all of his free time. And he was pretty adamant about the fact that like that's what he wanted to do. So what is the reason that, you know, why? what's the reason I should go out and do something else? Why do I need to go do all these other things that you guys do? Because this is what I want to do. I'm like comfortable with the fact that this is my life. But there were several occasions where we realized that when somebody would disagree with his opinion on a game or on a movie or some other, some other piece of media. He would feel personally attacked by it. And we eventually, we had this long discussion where he kind of realized that his, his entire self-confidence was built upon feeling like he had very good taste in games and movies and music and all kinds of stuff like that. And there was no internal self-confidence. There was no core that allowed him to emotionally process somebody not liking the things he liked. Because that was sort of like what the entire foundation was built upon. Yeah. So, and I think like he's improved massively over the past several years because he no longer does just that. Yeah. He's writing a book and doing all these things. And now it's like, oh, you don't like the thing I like? That's cool. Yeah. Doesn't attack me
1: personally. Games, I don't think that they're going to do much for your self-esteem unless you are a professional gamer potentially. Yeah. And because of that, like zoning them off into certain days is I treat them the same way that basically I treat alcohol, which is if I'm already feeling great about myself, it can occasionally be enjoyable. But if I'm not, that's likely to just become a bad coping mechanism. That's not going to help me. Yeah. The video games do not make me better at the things that I would be sad about where I would try to escape to video games. Mm -hmm. So it's like a loop that you can't get out of if you use it that way.
0: Actually, let's explore that for a bit because we've said on this podcast before that neither of us ever wanna drink alcohol when we're feeling sad or when we feel like we need to quote unquote, take the edge off. Yeah. Because if you do that, you are establishing a habit essentially. You have a a need that needs to be fulfilled, which is that I need to de-stress. The alcohol makes me feel good. Therefore, my brain sees that as the solution to the problem. So next time I feel stress, it will now crave a drink.
1: Yeah, we're very habit-based.
0: Yeah, and um, I think James Clear's book that we're gonna discuss in a few weeks even mentions that as an example. So that is clearly an unhealthy habit to put yourself into. But I have trouble flat out uh, not recommending video games as a way to de-stress. Like it just it just seems like it would be kind of silly for me to say, oh, if you need to you know, de-stress, don't play a video game, because I do that sometimes. And I don't feel like it's an unhealthy behavior, but the principles the same
1: so i don't know is there a disconnect there or is this just something that well i think doesn't apply to games i think that with games it depends on how you play them like if i if i once or twice a week if i'm if i'm de-stressing playing monster hunter with uh, my friends online mm-hmm. i don't see anything bad about that i think that that's a cool i'm being social and it helps me but uh, for example if i get myself addicted to world of warcraft Mm. and I am forgetting to feed myself every night and I'm doing nothing but playing Warcraft and I'm staying. Now it's clearly unhealthy there. yeah. And like, I think the same thing does apply to alcohol in a way in that I only usually ever have like one drink and never, I don't really get intoxicated almost ever. So for me, it's, it doesn't really even become mildly a bad habit because Mm. I just don't. So if you do the same thing with games, if you don't take it too far, then it's that makes sense. Yeah. But the other one is a substance that's more likely to become a habit physically. True.
0: Yeah, I guess alcohol has the also added potential to form a physical dependence. And I suppose one thing I didn't think about before is the fact that if you have free time at night, then playing a game probably isn't harming you in any substantial way and it's not getting in the way of your goals. Yeah. Whereas having a drink, I mean, I drink in moderation. I'm not gonna go out and say like, I never do and you should never, ever, ever drink. But- if you drink too much, it's it's poison.
1: I think you know? there's an identity thing here too, mm. because if I identify as the kind of person who can't get through a stressful thing without a drink, I'm setting myself up for something bad. But I don't. I think even if I played games to de-stress, I wouldn't be like, I can't handle stressful things without my 3DS. That's true, you're not like, thinking I need to It's this. not a societal thing where you yeah. view that as the solution. It might right. be your solution. You can de-stress with it sometimes but there's a societal thing where, oh, I just need to take the edge off. That's a thing that people do. So you might start to identify and be like, I'm just one of those people who can't do it without alcohol. Right. But you're not going to be like trying to talk to somebody that you think is pretty cute at a party, right? And you walk, you you, give me a few minutes with my 3DS. (laughs) Get my confidence. If I'm playing Mario, I'm real good at this level. Hey there. It's not like you're not going to do that. Yeah. It's not going to become a part of your identity in that way. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a framing issue. You're never going to say I need
0: I need, you know, my monster hunter to get through this. Yeah, you wouldn't, but you might think, wouldn't
1: likely do that. And right. that identity is, is going to make the alcohol more likely harmful mm. because if you fall into that, then it seems normal that you might need yeah. it. So games are like an outlet
0: for stress rather than a solution for fixing stress. Yeah. Or for getting you back to a normal state or for building up your social confidence to be able to talk to somebody. Yeah,
1: like it's, it's not going to make me any better at the party. You know, I'm still gonna be (laughs) I'm still gonna be pretty socially dumb if I'm like if I think that playing (laughs) a bunch of Mario first is the reason that I'm gonna get confident. (laughs)
0: Let me play this one level. If I beat world four eight, I mean (laughs) eight (laughs) four
1: If I if I if I beat it, I'm gonna talk to this girl. (laughs) If not, I don't deserve to. I died, I guess I'm going home. (laughs) Aw. All right.
0: So I, I wanna talk about like addiction. Because while they are not physically addictive, and there's a big difference between an addiction to a substance and addiction to a video game, yeah. they can build a psychological dependence, especially with games like Candy Crush that are literally built to be addictive. What should people do if they find themselves actually addicted or they feel that they are addicted and it's interrupting their work or making it hard for them to focus?
1: Well, I, I, w- I would say that a psychological habit like that is it, well, there it is. It's very habit-based mm-hmm. is what I was going to say. So that's why I said habit, definitely. But in that, you, you're you probably going to want to find some sort of a replacement habit mm-hmm. to take its place. Because otherwise, any time where you're like, this is the time when I would play a video game and it's the only thing I know to do in this situation, Yeah. You what are you going to do? You can't just like do nothing. Your brain True. wants a solution. And this is also in the in James Crow book. We'll talk about it more later. But like you have habits... For a reason, it's because they solve something. They solve yeah. some part of a situation that you're in. So if that's what I do every night and I and it's because I'm trying to de stress, not to fix not to fix it so that I'm more confident or anything, but to de stress, then I need something else that will de stress me. Otherwise, if I just try to stop playing games, I'm just gonna be stressed. And that's yeah. That's not gonna like work. My brain's gonna be like, Why are you doing this? This sucks. We're mm-hmm. stressed we need to fix it. So maybe you could do a sort of paired thing where I'm going to take 30 days
0: off of either video games in general, or maybe the one game that's a problem for you, whether it's World yeah. of Warcraft or yeah. League Legends or Overwatch or something that has a tendency to be addictive. And you also sign up for a photography class or you join a sport or something like that. Yeah. Or and I, you I think
1: start a D&D campaign with your friends. Even if you did that you know, even if, it, if you couldn't do 30 days, you really want to play the new game that's coming out. Even if you just cut it in like half or a third, you're like, I'll play games like, you know, I'll play games on uh, Monday mm-hmm. and, and Thursday and Saturday. And the other days I'm going to do this other thing. Now you've broken the habit streak. Yeah. It's not a habit because you're not always doing it. You start mm-hmm. to split it up with other things. Now your habit is to choose one of the things that helps you relax. Yeah. Rather than to immediately jump to video games.
0: And I know something that you've also done is to make slight changes to your environment, to make video games less of a pull during the day. Yeah. So like you have your show to screen in
1: front of your TV all day. You still do that? Yes. Yep, I have it up right now. It makes my living room look super zen, but also it is easier for me to read in my living room now. Yeah. Because I go in there and so I don't have a couch. I don't have chairs unless I, usually I have my desk there, but I'm facing the opposite way. So I mm-hmm. don't see the games yet. So when I'm facing any direction that I would see the TV at, I'm usually on the, on a floor cushion. Okay. So I can't see above the shoji screen and I can't see my TV or the games. If I can see them, I see the like 12 games that are in new packaging that make me feel like I'm supposed to play them. But yeah. if it's covered up, I don't, Want I don't care at all unless I independently think, hmm, I'd like to play a game, and that's fine. I thought of it myself. Mm-hmm. But if it's a habit, like if I just see it and it's like, hey, Martin, I'm right over here. It'll take like three seconds to boot up because the switch is awesome. Then, uh, then I might just do it for a few seconds and then get locked in for longer than I want.
0: Yeah, and you also bring up something that I want to mention to people who have a small living space. So we often talk about making a separate workspace from your gaming space, or your cooking space, or your sleeping space. And that's doable for people who can leave home to do work or for people who have a big enough apartment or house to have separate rooms. But what you're doing is actually just slightly changing one room that is still multifunctional. Yeah. To better the context of what you're doing. So like you said, you have your desk facing away
1: from the TV and then you put a pretty cheap shoji screen in front of the TV when you're not gaming. Yeah, and as soon as I take it down, I'm like, yes, I'm about to play games or I'm gonna watch something with Ashley. I know what I'm about to do when I take the shoji screen down, but when it's up, that's not my default activity at all. Yeah, yeah, it's work time. Yeah. And do you have for anything that, else that like sort of gets your workspace ready for work? For work specifically? Yeah. Um, I'm finding that for coding work, having it in standing mode helps. It's one of those, like you crank it and the desk goes up and down. So it's mm-hmm. not even an electronic button. Um, is it the one from Ikea? Yeah, it's the one from Ikea. It was it was a lot cheaper than most um, electronic ones. It's like half the price. But standing mode is really good for me for coding because I need to kind of like pace back and forth and think mm-hmm. a lot. And um, I make a specific T like I have a very specific type of tea that I've now been drinking just when I'm working and it's really? actually helping me focus more. Okay. I don't drink my green tea. I like that for all the time. Yeah. But I have this like chocolate puar that oh, I, I love got at Whole Foods. Puerh. And I'm like that now when I smell it, when I start drinking it, I'm like, I guess I'm working at least until this tea is gone.
0: Yeah. Is that the um,
1: the bag stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The new me, it's at Whole Foods. Yeah, that's good. But and So you know, people
0: may be able to find it at other grocery stores. Yeah, because I just, I used to get I it just IV haven't IV looked. I don't, I don't it's look. not like
1: Whole Foods specific at all now. Um, but yeah, I have a specific drink now. I have a specific um, focus playlist and I put Brain FM, like rain or wind or one of the more non-musical ones in the background so that it works with my study oh, music. that's cool. So I get the cool brain waves, storm blocking out everything thing. But I also get my little playlist of instrumental stuff.
0: Yeah. On Brain.fm, when you do a, a rain sound or something like that, does it still kind of have that? Yeah, it's still got the stuff weird in the pulsing background? stuff. Okay. So
1: I do that with the with my little focus playlist. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got the drink and I'm standing. I'm facing away from the wall. Nice. Or facing away from my piano, the bookshelf, the table, my games. I can't see anything else. Yeah. So you're, you're just tailoring your environment mm. in several different ways for work. Yeah. That
0: sort of get your brain in the work mode and the games are really not even an issue anymore.
1: No, and if I'm relaxing, I've got my Kindle and the physical book that I'm reading right now, right on the, so I got a like a coffee table that's got a little under shelf. Mm-hmm. They're right there on the shelf where I see them. So I see them. Yeah. So now in my free time, I'm more likely to be like, oh, hey, my Kindle and just start reading. Yeah. But I don't see the games until I choose to see them. Yeah, I think that's important. We're like, we're a product of our environment. Yeah, things, draw, things draw our attention. And then we just go, oh, hey, that thing that I just got reminded of because it was right there. It's the same thing with the app locations on mm-hmm. your phone. Like how many do you have memorized? Could you tap your way to Instagram without looking? I think a lot of people could. Ooh, on that note, so I put Instagram
0: way at the back of a folder. So I have to swipe over to a second screen, open the folder and I have to swipe eight times yeah. to get to Instagram. I have not really
1: been on it that often. It needs to be it out takes of, forever to get you to know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, totally works when you do it on purpose for stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. There has been a slight downside in that I haven't been posting very much, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that's okay. And I can, I can just, I don't know, use buffer or build a habit for posting. But I haven't been mindlessly scrolling nearly as much. Yeah, because it's just not there. I look at my phone, and my brain is like, oh, I want to be distracted. I'm look at my phone, and then there's the the home screen has nothing to distract me. What am I
1: going to look at? My workout tracker? My calendar? Yeah, it's like, it's not There's exciting. there. Yeah. So yeah, but like with this kind of stuff in mind, if you can make it so that video games are a healthy and fun like part of life without them detracting from other things. Mm-hmm.
0: This week's episode of our show is brought to you, like almost every episode these days, by our friends over at Brilliant. Brilliant is an excellent platform for learning math, science, and computer science, but also becoming an overall better learner and better problem solver, because Brilliant's approach to building courses is an incredibly active one. You're gonna find yourself thrown into incredibly challenging problems that require you to sink your teeth in and really think to solve them right away, unlike with passive learning. So in lectures, you find yourself sitting in a classroom, you're getting talked at, you have to introduce yourself, there's all this preamble before you can really start doing something with that subject that you have a little bit of interest in. And that can kind of extinguish that spark many times. But with Brilliant's approach, you find yourself having to use what you know to solve a problem right away. And that makes you a better problem solver, but it also keeps that level of interest high. Now, in Brilliance Library, there are a ton of different courses. Like I said, again, across the fields of math, uh, science and computer science, you're gonna find calculus courses, algebra courses, a course on gravitational physics, a course on computational biology, uh, courses on computer science, algorithms, and all sorts of really cool stuff. But for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can probably see that I'm dressed as Sherlock Holmes this week. So I, of course, have to recommend their course on logic because without logic, how can you solve problems? in the first place. And honestly, Brilliant's course on logic is a very good one. It brings you logically, pun intended, through many of the core concepts in the field of logic. So definitely check that course out, or if you have an interest in another topic, check out one of the other courses. And if you wanna start learning for free today, you can go over to brilliant.org slash geek. And if you're one of the first 83 people to use that link and sign up, you're also gonna get 20% off of your annual premium subscription. Once again, brilliant.org slash college geek. And I wanna give a huge thank Thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a gigantic supporter of College Info Geek and everything we do here. Let's get back into it. One thing I will mention, so a lot of games have extrinsic motivators in the form of metrics that make you wanna play more. So for example, Overwatch or Splatoon or any kind of competitive shooter has ranks that you work your way up through. And if you're the kind of person who can totally self-regulate or you're fine with the amount of gaming you're doing, Sure. Go ahead and play competitive mode. But I play quick play because there really isn't a whole lot I get rewarded for playing. Like I really, all I get is experience points to get loot boxes, which we could go on about how bad loot boxes are some other day, but there's no rank that I'm constantly grinding for. I don't finish a match and go, oh, I'm so close to B rank or whatever. Yeah, and, two more play hours. More, and then I, of course, lose a match and go down and have to reclaim the ground I lost, I just play quick play. And when I'm bored of playing the game for the fun of playing's sake, then I'm done. So I don't find Overwatch addicting. I'll play two matches tops now and then I'm done. So
1: does it not give you any rank at all? I've never played There's Overwatch. no rank in, in quick play, there's nothing. Yeah, so uh, that's, there's, that's probably there's what there's I prefer There's a secret to matchmaking rank. And basically, so like,
0: I guess it does give you a level, but the level is really just like how much you've played. And you could be going up against a level 500 and you could be a 100. You could totally destroy them because it's literally just how many matches have you played. And there's a little bit of extra experience given if you're okay. you know, good and you win or something like that. But it's not like a, a tiered ranking kind of thing. So really like, I don't know. I don't care about the loot boxes. I don't care about the experience. The loot box never gives me anything I want. And I realized I can never really see my skin when I'm playing anyway. So why do I care about getting skins? It's a first person yeah. shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it doesn't, so that make, doesn't you're matter. Just,
1: you're just like trying to express yourself through these skins, but it's like such a minute yeah. thing. So really the only, I guess, rank is
0: something called matchmaking rank, but it's nothing you ever see. It's just um, an internal metric that is used to try to match you up with players who are doing around as well as you are. So that way multiplayer doesn't get really unbalanced. Because if you only used experience, you would get super unbalanced teams and it would be fun for no one. Yeah. So, but that's not something you can see. So it's not, it's not something that would influence your desire to keep playing.
1: Yeah. And, and with things that aren't multiplayer, like for that, for that same reason... I don't try to 100% my games. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll do it for the first couple chapters, the first couple levels, because I'm I'm really into it. I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I notice I'm getting stuck because I'm trying to 100% achieve this part of the game and it's starting to make me annoyed, then I'm like, okay, here's the thing. That's not uh, that fun right now. So what I'm going to do is now, now that I've done enough 100%ing and I'm getting annoyed at it. I'm just going to run right through the story, only doing side quests that seem particularly fun. And if I beat the game and I still desperately want to play, now I've still got stuff to do. Now I can I can go closer to 100%, yeah. but it never matters to me if I hit it. And I, I do 100% the achievements in a few things, but usually I'll beat the game first. And then I'm just like, actually, it's still fun. So yes. I'm going to keep playing. Not, but I can't finish the game <laughs> until I get all the achievements. I, mm-hmm. I have, so I just finish it first so that that's not even a motivator. I think that's
0: how you and I both played Mario Odyssey.
1: Oh yeah, ran through the story. I think and I'm only missing like one thing in oh, there, I'm, I'm and I might bunch. go back later because I still will want to play it again. But yeah, it's actually kind of cool because I'm leaving myself more stuff to do. Yeah, it's more replay value you if I ignore hundred percenting.
0: Exactly, you didn't grind your way through because of some sense of obligation. You well, just then, played like, when it was fun.
1: What if I was excited about the next level, but I was like, not until I hundred percent this one, and mm-hmm. now now I'm like taking away the fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So
0: I want to talk about some of our favorite games in a second. One last little note that I want to make here is mobile games. Um, And I think to some extent, desktop and console games are starting to adopt these strategies, but they started in mobile games. Games like Candy Crush and Puzzle and Dragons, they are optimized for addiction. And also for making money off of you. Yep. Uh, and I have firsthand experience with this. I'll admit, back in 2013, oh, I started yeah. playing Puzzle and & Dragons and I ended up spending $200 on oh, that game.
1: Mm, and, that and could you know have what you quite a few good games.
0: Exactly. And it's not a game where you get to you know, go in and see, oh, I want that monster. I will buy it for X n- number of dollars. It's, I really need that monster. So I'm going to buy gems so I can buy poles of a slot machine. It's literally gambling. The only reason it's not illegal is because you're not gambling for money but to somebody who is really into this game and wants to get past this level and you can't get past this level unless you have another fire monster that has a specific stat level, it's basically the same thing. Your brain cannot differentiate the importance between dollars and getting that monster. So you'll just keep pulling away at the slot machine.
1: Yeah, they're doing the variable Mm -hmm. return sort
0: of thing. It's variable return. So it's that uncertainty principle. Um, The other thing is, and I read an article about this, maybe we can find it for the show notes, I'm not sure because it was several years ago. They've done like actual user research and eye tracking and heat maps and all kinds of data to find how you know long they should give out free stuff before they really put the squeeze on and start making you buy things. So they basically know exactly how long they should let you play and exactly how many little freebies they should dole out and exactly what what uncertainty rate that they should give out rares and commons and such that uh, they can maximize the amount of money you'll spend and the amount of time you'll keep playing the game.
1: Yeah, it's basically like, it's compared to people like Kojima or somebody making a game because they're just like in love with this concept they're creating. This is like video games at their most evil. It's the most cynical. It doesn't, they don't care at all about the creation. Mm -hmm. Or, or somebody did, and then they were quickly overridden by their boss who was like, wait a second. Yeah. I think we can manipulate people with this. <laughs> exactly. So if you're playing games like these or,
0: or you're playing games like uh, maybe even like Fortnite, I don't know exactly how Fortnite's purchasing system works because I don't play that game. Uh, but even Overwatch, they have a loot box system. So if you're the kind of person who really wants all the skins for a certain character, you have to gamble your way to get those. And that's, really not good for your brain and can be a huge waste of money. So guard your mind against games that use these tactics and maybe choose to play games that don't use them. Yeah. You know, and heck, maybe if we all choose to play games that don't use them, we will convince the industry to not use those tactics anymore. One can only hope. (laughs) Not
1: anytime soon. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, um, that's all the productive stuff. Yeah. So- I want to talk about uh each of our top 10 favorite games. Yeah, bonus round. Just just list them off. And maybe there'll be some discussion. I'm wondering if we're going to have any overlap. I feel that there is the potential for two and only two games that could overlap between us.
1: I I see the possibility of maybe 3, but okay. I could I could never see more than that. All right. We don't we don't really play the same games most of the time. No, we don't. And also, mine are not in order except for the first one. Okay, mine so. are in a tentative
0: order. I've been thinking about it. Okay, you know, I think maybe these are in order. They feel in order for me right now, but they could change.
1: Okay, I'll let you start with your your number ten. Oh, number ten. I'm going to go with Monster Hunter, World, just to be specific with a Monster Hunter. But really, I'm referring to all Monster Hunter. The whole series? Because I love it so much. Do you like
0: World the best because it doesn't have water levels?
1: Uh, yes, I do. It, <laughs> World has the best features. That's why it gets to be my namesake, Monster mm-hmm. Hunter. But I love the whole series just as much because it's basically the same thing. And that's the one I played with you, right? Yeah, the PS4 one. Yeah. It's super good.
0: That's a game that I feel is... I love it. At least for me, not, not a threat when it comes to addiction. I'll hunt one or two monsters. That takes about an hour, and then I'm done. well.
1: But maybe uh, okay. Uh, so I guess
0: you do have to put all the things you take from the monsters into the forge to get certain gear. Well, so if you really care.
1: In a previous one, Brandon and I did fight an hour plus long monster, sixty plus time. <laughs> but okay, I stand corrected. We got that armor. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so it does have some addictive qualities if you let it. That's watch out. Maybe I didn't find it addictive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, my number 10 is uh, Guitar Hero 3. I just love that game and specifically three because three had the best system for hammering on and pulling off. So it just had some of the most inc- like insane note charts like the Dragon Force songs were on there.
1: Okay. and I loved playing those games. So yeah,
0: not much more to say about them.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, number number nine, number nine, Celeste. This is my newest edition oh. and is the reason that I reconsidered my top games because I recently finished all the seasides, which were very difficult Yeah, and I loved it. And I still kind of want to play it, even though I'm at the point <laughs> where like, I don't think that I want to do the things that are left, but I keep trying every once in a while. Anyway, I just pick it up. It's a great game. The music, the, the, the look, the gameplay, everything about it is just like the perfect platformer challenge game to me because I usually don't even like that genre. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not something you typically play. No, it's it's a it's a stranger in my in my top ten. It is nothing like the rest of them. Wouldn't you know it? My number
0: nine is also Celeste. Oh, nice. <laughs> like I said earlier, that that game actually changed my perspective on anxiety. But um, it's also the best platformer I've played in terms of pure platforming. It did dethrone Super Mew Boy. It's so good. I think I. I really love Super Meat Boy's physics and the fact that it feels like you have so much momentum, but the later levels of Celeste had so much technicality and rhythm that they almost felt like a rhythm game. Oh, you just got to beat the rest now. I am stuck on the last level's B side. That's fair. That was a little difficult. It is so tough. And I'm just like, after a hundred or so tries, I ask myself, what am I doing right now? So
1: I'll yeah, probably you should go only do it when it. you're in the mood. You, <laughs> yeah. should, you shouldn't force it. You should only do it when you're just like feeling an urge for some Celeste.
0: And I'm sure I'll get back into it someday. And because of the spacing principle, I'll just crush that level. But for now,
1: I'm not doing so hot. Anyway, number eight for you. Uh, my number eight is Animal Crossing. This is referring to the GameCube one, but once again, refu- refers to the whole series. But that's my favorite one. Is
0: there an Animal Crossing... F- for the Wii or Wii U. That's like a core
1: one. There is one on the Wii. They skipped Wii U.
0: Okay. And they haven't done a Switch one yet.
1: They're going to. They have one announced. Right. So there's been two core Animal Crossing games? There, there are some on the DS and 3DS. But are they real Animal Crossing yeah. games? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. There, there are full ones. Gotcha. I could only but, remember the Happy Home one. But Insider I love them. One. They're so good.
0: Those are games I could not get into, but I kind of wish I could because they seem really relaxing to play.
1: Yeah, it's like the perfect winding down half hour to me. Mm-hmm. Like if I had one at the end of the day and I haven't had one in a while, Nintendo. So I'm looking forward to it. Have you played that Harvest Moon game that I, it's not
0: Harvest Moon. No. What is the name of that game? I know you're talking farming about. farming game that I totally know the name of. Um, I just cannot think of it right, no, right now. No, I don't remember right now, but I haven't played it. Okay. You might like that. I don't know. It's it's relaxing. It's, it's a good wind down game. Yeah. I just don't like the fact that you have a limited amount of energy and you have to go to sleep. So you can only do a little bit and then you gotta go to sleep and reset. I just wish I could just play, mm. which I think that's how
1: Harvest Moon was, at least in the Game Boy. Well, Animal this Crossing play follows a real way. world time. So like oh, it's nighttime and the, so it, and the shops close okay. and like yeah. there are holidays and, like, and there's weather and oh, it's, it's so good.
0: Yeah, a day in this farming game that I can't think of uh, and there's going to be a ton of people in the comments just yelling at me because it's a very popular one. It's like the game. Switch one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's Stardew Night. Valley. That's it. That's the name. I thought I had Star. That's the name. Yeah. A day and that is 10 minutes, I think. So I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get something done. And then all of a sudden it's bedtime. That kind of frustrates me. Anyway, my number eight is Marvel
1: versus Capcom 3. That's a good game. so
0: much fun just playing with you guys. That is a good game. Yeah.
1: I was only good at one character, but I was good at one character. (laughs) You were
0: good at the lowest tier character in the game, but by golly, you were good. It was my highest tier. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I loved that game and uh, I kind of want to go play it again. I played Injustice 2 the other day with a friend and the controls are so different. Yeah, I haven't played the second one. I just can't figure it out. The first one has a cool story. The story's cool. The story continues in Injustice 2. Oh, nice. And I do love the super moves. Like they're the most ridiculous in any fighting game I've seen.
1: Yeah. So I kind of want to get good at it. Okay. Am I on seven? You are on seven. Oh, that would be Golden Sun 2 The Lost Age. What a good game. Uh, for Game oh, Boy I Advance. I love that game. It is a fantastic JRPG. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. That's a time sink the the fir- game. And the first one's great too, but this one is my favorite. I never played the first one
0: because I bought the second one used from GameStop and it didn't have a case. So I just had the cartridge. It's got like a tiny little subtitle on there. Yeah, the subtitle is almost unreadable on the cartridge. So I just thought it said Golden Sun, and the game really doesn't do a whole lot to tell you it's a sequel. No, you could could easily pick up where you're. Yeah. So I was just like, "This is a great game," and then eventually later on, I figured out that I'm playing the sequel. Yeah, it's (laughs) oh,
1: it's so good. Yep. Um, What am I? Number seven. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon Fire Red. Oh, you've got a Pokemon game in here. I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. And you know,
0: I think if I had gotten into later gen Pokemon games, I would probably not have a remake of the first gen on my favorites list because obviously I know that the later games are better games and gen one has a lot of quirks. But Red is what I grew up with and loved and Fire Red is the best version of it, I think. Nostalgia is a
1: powerful motivator. It is. And I cannot say that it is not largely in charge of many of the things on my (laughs) list. Yep. Uh, what's your number six? Uh, that would be The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Ooh, Nintendo. That's a good game. One of the first games I ever played. Really? Yeah. One of my very first video games. The first game I ever played Real ever good.
0: was Link's Awakening.
1: Oh, that was one of my first boy. too. I think my actual first was Zelda for 2 the, for the NES. Okay. But, that's a tough first game to uh, play. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> ever make it anywhere in that game.
0: Uh, my number six is Portal 2. And this is another instance where I actually played the second game before the first one. I for whatever reason got Portal two, I think on Steam Deals, played it, and then went back and played Portal One. So a lot of people I know like Portal a lot more than the second one. Oh yeah. But I think because I played it first, I like the second one better. But I love them both. They could easily both be on here. I was trying to keep it kind of in variety. I try
1: though. to I try to have one per series for the most yeah. part. Only one thing breaks that up, but I'm guessing it's Zelda. It is Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's your number five? Uh, My number five is Super Mario Odyssey, which recently dethroned Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. Impressively for me, because nostalgia was very strong for Sunshine. Yeah. But Super Mario Odyssey is like the perfect 3D Mario. It's so
0: good. And the controls are just so much better than anything that came before it.
1: Yeah, when I beat a game and then I try to go back and 100% it because I don't want to stop, that is a sign to me that it is one of the better games I've played. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I went and I tried to play Sunshine and I didn't have the nostalgia factor because I had never played it before. So I just ended up frustrated. The controls can be a little obnoxious at times yeah. and the camera can get stuck behind. Oh, there's a specific level where the camera terrible. But <laughs> I do love Still Galaxy great. and Galaxy 2,
0: but I would agree that Odyssey is my favorite Mario game. Doesn't crack my top 10 list though. Uh, number five for me is Overwatch. Easily my favorite first person shooter. And I just had so much fun with it. Over 200 hours of fun. (laughs) That's fair. But that's over the last, it's been two and a half years since that game came out now. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah. All right, number four. Uh, Number four is uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which is the only reason I broke my, like I broke one of my rules to have another, have an extra Zelda in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing. That game is just life-changing, at least for me. It's one of the greatest games.
0: And I mean, you can probably guess that it's on the list too. Yeah. <laughs> I guessed perfectly that we had two overlaps. Yeah.
1: And I am, I am very sure that we do not have more than two. Oh, no. We've already passed Golden Sun and Odyssey, and those were the only other two that okay. were even half possible, but they weren't likely. Yeah.
0: My number four is Enter the Gungeon, uh, which for people who haven't heard of this game, it's very much like Binding of Isaac, but with, I think, better controls and is less gross, which is the main reason I like it. But it also just has so many guns and so many enemies and so many just fun combinations and items. And it's a, it's a roguelike, so when you die, you have to go back to the start. But the the levels change every time. And the gear you get changes every time. So it doesn't really get tiring. It's really hard though. So go into it knowing that you're going to die many times.
1: All right, number three. Number three We're is to the top three. Pokemon Silver. Okay. For the Game Boy. So you we know? kind of have third overlap, um, actually. Yeah, kind it's of. A Pokemon. Kind game. of. I love all Pokemon games, and I've put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of hours. Yeah. Lit- so literal like months of my life. Silver has two regions. You can go to Kanto and Johto. That's true. So it's like twice as long as the regular Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I think nostalgia is a really strong thing here, but I really miss the pixel graphics. Oh, yeah. Just the 2D two D Pokemon is really cool to me. And the music's so good in that one. I, I really like it. And uh, some of my favorite Pokemon were in that one. It just kind of hit me at the perfect time. I love all Pokemon games. Yeah. But this one had the two regions and I loved it. I actually did play Silver. I, d- I just don't know why
0: it didn't make as much of an impression on me as Red did. I
1: don't know because I know it's a better game. Well yeah, and I, I mean, mean and, and Soul Red Silver is a better silver and I love Soul Silver too. Yeah. But for nostalgia's sake, the is powerful. It is.
0: Uh, number 3 is a very recent addition, Hollow Knight. Oh yeah. I love Hollow Knight and I think it's like it's very cemented at that top 3 spot. Um for anyone who hasn't played it, Hollow Knight is kind of like a Metroid game if you added in some Dark Souls elements. When you die, you have to kind of go back to your ghost and reclaim it. Otherwise you lose all your money. But the, the soundtrack is my favorite game soundtrack. The art is beautiful. The level design is amazing. There's nothing I can really find to fault within that game. It's amazing. And uh, for a game that costs $15, I spent, I think, 60 hours in it. So it's also yeah, it's very good, much high worth value.
1: <laughs> what you pay. All right, number two paper mario 2 the thousand year door oh yeah okay for the gamecube i never played those it is it's really good those are are kind of rpgs right right? yeah
0: they're they're just mario rpgs nice uh my number two breath of the wild it's up there and breath of the wild so that's the only game where i basically like just deleted a week of my life and didn't work to play that game it's worth it no regrets seriously no regrets Uh, and I think my friend, Steve from nerd fitness would say the exact same thing. No regrets for the time I spent on that game. And there are other open world games I like, but no other game has done what that game did that game perfectly nailed the feeling of, Oh, Hey, what's that thing over there? It's clearly not on the path I'm supposed to be on. I'm going to go check it out. And that turns into a whole adventure of its own. Yeah. The exploration is like the best I've ever mm-hmm. experienced. Ever. And there's, there's, you know, the, the map isn't littered with markers. You don't even get a map. You have to make it yourself. And it's dense. It, there there aren't, aren't big swaths of empty stuff. There's, nope. there's stuff everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so dense. There's, yeah, like you said, there's no empty copy and paste pasted anything. You will stumble across things you did not know were there. And also it's got a bunch of great puzzles. Yeah. Like a hundred puzzle rooms. So loved that game. And I mean, looking through here, it's one of the only story-based games, like adventure games on here that, I don't know. Like, I mean, I love Hollow Knight for the adventure as well, but it was also kind of like the combat mechanics and things like that. And it's almost like a fighting game and a platformer. Zelda, it wasn't like I loved the combat because the combat in Zelda's, it's okay. You know, the traversal is, it's okay. But just the overall package. Yeah. was amazing.
1: All right, uh, number one is uh, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say I broke my rule because before I was okay with (laughs) one 2D Zelda and one 3D. But Breath of the Wild is so good that it still has to be there. But it does not dethrone Wind Waker to me. Okay. Because Wind Waker will probably always be my favorite game. Also, the replayability is higher because I can actually run through and beat that game again. It's true. And have fun. But with Breath of the Wild, I'm asking myself to give up another forever. Yeah, it's true. If I want to like explore it to the same degree. Yep. But uh, Zelda's pretty great, you know. That's 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 all good game series. My number one, uh, as many people who know
0: me can probably guess, is Dance Dance Revolution and Pump It Up. I'm putting them both at the top together. I forget they count as video games. And you know what? They're the only game I can think of where I play them and I do feel better about myself. Yeah, because it's an exercise thing. It it makes you you fit. Yeah. It's literally a like a foot agility practice drill that they do in football in game form, and yeah, I just but love sometimes
1: it. with like anime girls dancing on screen. Yeah, well that just that's makes the it difference. Better. <laughs> that's <laughs> Why don't I... they have those at football practice? Yeah, yeah they should have that at football practice.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I'll go play some today because there's an arcade with many DDR machines and pump it up machines. So yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. Anyway. Think uh, we are just about out of time because I have a call coming up. So thank you, dear listeners, for sticking with us through our our nerding out session here. Yeah, I know at least one person wanted it. Yep. But hopefully well, the some first of this stuff was useful. Yeah, hopefully the first half of the episode was useful. I think it was. And for anybody wanting to see maybe a list of our favorite games and also some of the things we talked about, some of the links we may have mentioned. Uh, I know we mentioned James's book Atomic Habits. Yeah. You're done with it, I'm guessing, right?
1: Oh yeah, I finished it the okay. day that I told you about the part in chapter like 11 or something. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, you're pretty far. I have not yet finished it, but I already recommend it. Yeah, and it, I think you recommend it's it. It's good. Super good book. So maybe read that book as homework. Uh, I think we're gonna do that episode in two or three weeks. Okay. So, But if you don't wanna read it, we will be discussing many of the best points from it, which will probably convince you to read it. Anyway, cigpodcast.com slash 236 is where you can find the show notes for this episode. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click the link in the description down below. And that's about all we've got for you. So thank you guys so much for hanging out. If you enjoy this show, Share it with a friend. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to listen. And if you really want to support us on Apple Podcasts, there is a rating and review section. So leaving us a rating and review is definitely hugely appreciated. Also sharing with friends, hugely appreciated. Uh, beyond that, just thanks for sticking around with us, listening, and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.